Hey, everybody, it's Ross. Do you want to learn more about what it takes to be first with fans? I do. That's why I subscribe to this newsletter. It's called V by Viacom, and it teaches me just that. You can subscribe at vbyviacom.com slash subscribe. Okay, here's the show. Hello, and welcome to Fan Club, the podcast that explores why we love what we love. I'm your host, Ross Martin. Art can change your life. So today we're talking about two people who take the whole idea of the precious art scene that most of us don't feel like we belong in, and they smash it to pieces. First up is Shepard Ferry, one of the most famous street artists in the world. You know, Obey, Andre the Giant has a posse, the Obama Hope posters. His work is everywhere, and his message is all of ours. Not enough people participate. There's too much voyeurism. And uh, culture is, is richer. Everything is better when more people participate. And then we'll talk to hip-hop producer and art fanatic Swizz Beats about his project No Commission that really puts the power of art and emotion back into the relationship between artist and fan. You know, it's like, okay, that's for them. What do you mean that's for them? Art is for the world. It's art. No gallery necessary, and you're all invited on today's fan club. Shepard Ferry is one of my favorite artists of all time, and I remember the first time I saw his work. I was sitting in an office reading scripts for Spike Lee, and the mailman delivered a package that was from Shepard Ferry. So I opened up the package, not knowing who Shepard Ferry was, and out pours probably a couple of dozen stickers, like the kind you would put on your door or the bumper of your car or the underside of your skateboard. And they all had images of Andre the Giant in black and white, very abstract, but I knew exactly who it was. And many of them were accompanied by words like obey or Andre the Giant has a posse. And none of it made any sense to me in the moment. I didn't really know what I was looking at. There was no context for it. But I knew there was something there. There was this energy about it and this confidence. And I felt like I needed to know more. So now the sticker's legendary, right? I mean, it turned Shepard Ferry from a RISD art student and a skater into the world-renowned artist that he has become today. I could not be more psyched that he's agreed to come on our show. Shepard Ferry, welcome to Fan Club. Thanks, Ross. I'm glad to be here. So your fans talk about and romanticize the origin of Shepard Ferry and your work. And what it seems like from the outside, obviously not having been there, is that before anybody knew your work or anybody knew who you were and what you were capable of, you were making drawings and you were making stickers and you were putting them on skateboards and T-shirts. And then the moment that the Andre the Giant has a posse obey work began to proliferate, when it started to scale, not just across this country, but all over the world, it wasn't really you out there doing all of that. It was you empowering fans of the work to spread that for you. Yeah, that's definitely part of it. I mean, my fascination with things going viral preceded the internet. I was really fascinated by things like 
the peace symbol, the skateboard company stickers, band logos that were drawn everywhere, the black flag bars, the misfits, fiend skull, all those things that sort of developed a counterculture cachet and went viral. It was like a secret handshake, a a language for people that you could trust. And I liked the idea of making my version of the punk rock chain letter. And um, I wrote my manifesto, which was inspired by Heidegger's theory of phenomenology, the idea that people have become numb to their surroundings and they need novel encounters to reawaken a sense of wonder. And then the uh, the situationists who were embraced by by uh, Malcolm McLaren, the manager of the Sex Pistols, and Jamie Reed, their graphic artist, and the Sex Pistols themselves. You know, you have to do things that shock people out of their you know waking trance. And so, you know, I was uh, I wanted to do that and and have fun with it. It could be sort of serious and in some ways profound and also really absurd and silly simultaneously. But it was uh, you know I was on a mission. Well, it worked and it immediately connected, and all of a sudden your images start showing up all over the place and first on like street signs uh, stop signs or um, mailboxes and then sidewalks and stores and then billboards and it just grew and grew and grew and at first it was like you know you could see who among your friends got it and they were like you know there was this unspoken nod or it's like if you know you know and then it caught on and it just sort of took on a life of its own how did you feel about that moment when you realized the fans of this work are taking it to a place I could never have imagined. Like this is actually really happening. When did you feel that for the first time? I I think around the mid nineties, I was, I realized that fans of my work were really helping to perpetuate the work in a way that I should be incredibly grateful for. And, um, you know, the way I justified it to myself wasn't that, um, Oh, you know, these, uh, witless, uh, fans have um, drunk the Kool-Aid and are, you know, my pawns and my delusions of grandeur and, and ambitions of world domination. I looked at it actually as sometimes when you're a fan of something and you learn the techniques that go behind it by, you know, just being part of it, it then is a amazing template for something that you are passionate about yourself that's more personal. So it's a, you know, it's a template for empowerment. And I saw that happen with so many people. I got enough letters from people who said, yeah, you know, I was really fascinated by what you were in, you were doing and I was into it and I wanted, um, you know, I wanted some stickers and I want to say like, I'm down with the posse. But then I realized it's not that hard to Xerox stickers onto crack and peel or make stencils or screen print t-shirts. And now I'm doing the same stuff for uh, this other thing, my band, my, my friend's skateboard company, my, you know, any number of things. Because I, th- I, I think that one of the biggest problems in our culture is that not enough people participate. There's too much voyeurism, you know, spectators, not participants. And uh, culture is, is richer. Everything is better when more people participate. I mean, I will insert the, uh, the disclaimer that that isn't always the case in Internet comment sections. But I think for the most part, yeah. Can you talk about the relationship you have with your fans and what you feel you owe them? Well, it's not false modesty. I feel very lucky that anyone cares at all about what I do. And the only reason I'm able to keep doing it is because other people care. I don't take that for granted at all. And I see myself in every fan because there's so many people who I look up to 
that were cool to me when I did get a chance to meet them, that it made all the difference. And, you know, sometimes it can be challenging because I might be really busy or I might not be having a great day, but that might be the only time that person is going to interact with me. You know, I need to put put my best self forward for them. It's... um. I used to have my email address right on the website. And for years, if you emailed me, I answered your email right away. But then it just got to be too much to handle. So now we have an info line. But um, anybody that sends me stuff, I send them back a pack of stickers. Um, you know, I, I send them, if they send something bigger, I send them back some some prints. Reciprocating is really important to me because, uh, I, you know, I, th- I think that... Uh, Everyone who connects with my work is is maybe connecting with that idea that each each of us have some potential we can unlock. And I would never want to come across in a way that made them feel like I looked down on them or, or felt superior. So, Shepard, you are someone who is you're not just an artist who is followed by millions and who has millions of fans. You're a huge fan of other artists and Specifically, I mean in music. I mean, there's this relationship that you have with bands, with solo artists that you host music parties and DJ sessions in your in your studio. You DJ sometimes. And then also you've done lots of work for the artists that you admire, Smashing Pumpkins, Led Zeppelin, Anthrax many others. Can you talk about your relationship to the art that you love? I'm an unapologetic fan. If something moves me, I really want to celebrate it. I really want to connect with it. I want to let the people behind it know how important it is to me. You know, and I'm, um, I'm not, I'm not really a super negative person, but there's a lot of stuff out there that's very mediocre. So when something comes along that is, that is special, that inspires you, that gives you ideas that, you know, help, helps, uh, you to explain, um, it becomes a reference point in your life. It helps you to explain who you are. It becomes part of your identity. That is so meaningful. And I, um, I don't take it for granted at all. So when I have an opportunity to, meet an artist who's meant a lot to me or show an artist in our gallery or work with a musician, I'm always going to take that. And sometimes people who are trying to uh, give me guidance on my art career say, hey, you know, you should be focusing on your own stuff more than this collaboration you're doing with the Misfits. Or Interpol. What I say back to them is getting to do a project with those people where it's it's a genuine collaboration. That is the epitome of the of the kind of art that I think is important because there's more to life than just always making everything about yourself and your own ego. The idea of how you you um, you pay homage to someone and also and also get to uh, you know stand on their shoulders a little bit because uh, you know you're getting to collaborate with them and they have their own audience. That cross pollination is really really powerful too. So I don't um you know and I, I'm not when I say cross pollination that sounds kind of marketing. I'm not I don't look I'm not like hey you know if we uh, if we share social media followers wow that's going to be better for both of us we'll move more units in the future. It's not that at all. It's more it's more just saying um, hey man I like you and uh, and you like me bam let's do something together. What 
would people be surprised that Shepard Ferry is a fan of? Well, I don't talk about it a lot, but I'm a really big fan of good cable TV shows. A lot, of, uh, you know, I'm I, I'm going to guess you're a fan of South Park. Oh yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of South Park, and of course Colbert and and John Stewart when they were on Comedy Central. I mean that that to me was like the best news and social commentary running anywhere. Totally. And I feel like you would vibe with Abby and Alana from Broad City. What I love about that show is that it's really smart about how it shows that you it, there shouldn't be a double standard of uh, women, you know, being irreverent and sleeping with who they want to sleep with and getting drunk because that's been the premise of every guy movie, you know, since the sixties. So, um, you know, it's about, it's about time. I think they're total badasses. Are your fans counting on something from you now? Or what do you think fans want from you right now? I think fans just want me to be authentic. Now there are a lot of versions of me. And so sometimes, you know, a sliver of me they want isn't what they're going to get all the time. But I really do think about choices I make because there are a lot of people out there with tattoos of my work. And, uh, and I don't want them to be embarrassed of that because they're really hard to get rid of. <laughs> well, Shepard Ferry, I want to thank you for stepping down from the painting of a giant mural in Echo Park to step onto our podcast fan club today. Yeah, thanks for having me, Ross. It was fun. That was Shepard Ferry. You can check out his work and his manifestos at obeygiant.com. Hey guys, I want to take a quick break and tell you about a whole different way that you can learn about fandom. It's our newsletter. It comes out every week, and just like this podcast, it's full of all kinds of fascinating insights into the future of entertainment, media, marketing, and of course, fandom. Here's a few things that I learned recently when I was reading it. One, 88% of millennial men are comfortable with their significant other making more money than they do. Count me in. 82% of Gen Xers feel that work-life balance matters more than snagging a corner office. And third, when it comes to buying power, brands need to work a little harder to woo the LGBTQ community. Because we're talking about $917 billion up for grabs. You see what I mean? Media is changing faster than we all realize. It always is. Keep up. Learn something new every week, just like I do. Subscribe to the V by Viacom newsletter at vbyviacom.com slash subscribe. Okay, back to the show. This is Fan Club. I'm your host, Ross Martin. Now, you know Swiss Beats as a legendary hip-hop producer. And that's because he's worked with everybody. Beyonce, Jay-Z, DMX, Alicia Keys... And now Swiss Beats is reverse engineering the way the art world is, quote, supposed to work. He's doing it through a project he calls No Commission, which is a cross between an art fair and a concert. But in this case, the artists keep 100% of what they sell. He's turning the art scene upside down and on its head. I'm so psyched to hear more about that. Please welcome to the show, Swiss Beats. Showtime. <laughs> so... Tell us about, about No Commission. 
I think no commissions created the entry point. When you look at the youth and you look at the traditional way of showing art and the traditional way of displaying art on the platform, format, however you want to call it, it's kind of standoffish. Mm-hmm. You know, you can go on in a, in, a, in a particular art space and if you don't have a certain amount of income, you're automatically X out of that conversation, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, I made it to where you don't have to be rich to have a piece of art from no commissions. You can get a print, you can leave with a shirt. It's all and reasonable, right? But we have expensive pieces in the show as well because the audience goes from it's a range, big range. zero to 100. You, you collect artists who are really in the prime of their careers right now, like JR and like Jose Parla, whose work I love and wish I could afford. Talk about those guys. Like You're a big collector of them. Yeah, I mean, JR, I call him my twin. You know, we put on a top hat, we look alike. But, you know, once again, JR is another one. You know, he took something and made it global. You know, you would see him take the people from a favela and make them the favela. Right. You know, it's like, who does that? It's like thinking beyond yourself, which is what no commission is about, right? And it's like all of those artists that can come up with that formula to create a gift that keeps giving, I just love to support people that have a vision beyond themselves. Are you a fan of the art or are you a fan of the artist? Both. I love the process that he has. It's very tasteful. I love the framing of it. And I love the emotion that comes from his work. You can tell his character through the images that, mm-hmm. you know, that, that he's showing his work as well. Are other collaborators of yours, musicians, have they sort of followed your lead a little bit into the art world, are you, are you bringing people in? Like oh. some of these music artists you produce for, are they yeah. starting to collect the same work? See, you know, I, I can, I definitely felt I, I inspired majority of the business to look into art deeper, but it's a tricky thing because, you know, our business is different than any other business. The music business is different than any other business. Everybody want to be their own boss. Everybody want to be their own leader. So mm-hmm. I know that people go on my Instagram or No Commissions Instagram or the Dean Collection Instagram and get inspired and do their own thing, which is built for. You know, if you don't want to call me for a piece or a connection, that's cool. As long as you're inspired and as long as that artist is getting the love from something that they've seen that came from a genuine place. Yeah, this is the thing. Okay, so so then Jay-Z comes out with Picasso, baby. Uh, I just want a Picasso in my casa, no my castle. What's your response to that song? Um, honestly, me and Jay had a conversation of him doing a song about Basquiat. Yep. Right? That's That was the conversation. And um, he chose to do Picasso, which was cool. Um, because the topic was about art and, you know, had a lot of people, you know, Kehinde Wiley was in the, in, in the spot. But I think, you know, Jay is his own genius and we have to allow people to move at their own pace. Yeah, yeah. I might have wanted him to, to talk about Kehinde Baby yeah, yeah. instead of Picasso Baby, but he might have had experience with a Picasso or something like that that he has to reflect on. So I have to allow him to be creative. Well, there's a line in the song. I don't, he talks about how Blue is like leaning up against the Picasso in the kitchen, and he's like, "No, nah, Basquiat in the kitchen. It's really in the kitchen. I've seen it." But then he's like, "Don't worry, we own it." Like it's like it's all right. Yeah. And I don't think many people have a Basquiat in their kitchen, <laughs> and if they do, it's not in a place where a baby could lean up against it. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Well, he's only telling the truth, and he worked hard to be able to tell that truth. 
you know, he was definitely, you know, bossing up on that record a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it at that. Do you think you have good taste? Um, do I have good taste? I think I think I'm a work in progress, right? I think that I have a developing eye, you know, because things change so much to sit and say you have good taste, which you thought you had good taste in tomorrow is a different thing, you know, so I, I can definitely say I have a developing eye and I'm a student, you know, I'm a student of life and I'm open to change at any given time, you know, so. You, you've managed to, um, I, it looks like you're studying art all the time and you have a relationship with the Brooklyn Museum mm-hmm. and it, it seems very consistent with no commission mm-hmm. in that you're bringing art to people and saying like, hey, this is not something to be intimidated by. Yeah. This is something to just jump into and experience at your own pace. Definitely. But welcome. You're in. Yeah. Right? For a long time, this, this area has been blocked off right. from the people. Art. Yeah. It's yeah. been blocked off. You know, and it, and it seems accessible, but it's, it's not. It's, it's, not. Feel, it's, it's scary it's, to it's, people. It's, you know, it's like, oh, okay, that's for them. Yeah. What do you mean that's for them? This is for artists. Right. For artists for the world. Right. You know, and so I had a chance to be a collector, an artist. I had a chance to sit in every chair. And I was just like, you know, be the change that you want. That's my full mission right now. You're also an artist. Are you <laughs> painting? Are you sculpting? I don't mean. I mean, outside of music, are you? Are you? Always doing visual art. Always, yeah. I love mixed media. I always did it for therapy. Uh huh. You know, I never sold any work. I had offers on works. You show it? Yeah, but I, I donate to like hospitals and things like that. You know, um, recovery centers. You know, I felt that at this particular time, that's where I want. I want my work. Because the easiest thing, people are like, oh, you should do a show, this, that. And I said, before I do a show, I would want to free, you know, minimum like 10,000 artists before I even think about doing a show. I see. You know, it's because there's so many artists out there that this is their life every right. day. They're way more skilled and equipped than I am, and they deserve that chance. And they're not out there yet. They're yeah. still locked in the studio. Yeah, I'm too much of a fan of other people's art than, you know, to do my own show. So you are a fan of lots of things, like not just art and music. What would people be surprised to know that Swiss Beats is a fan of? Through Instagram? Probably not much. But in real life, that nobody knows. <clears throat> that nobody knows. I like fish tanks. Fish tanks? Yeah. Do you collect them? Mm-mm. You just go, you like... I just don't want the responsibility of one <laughs> and the maintenance of one. It's just something zen about that that, that I connect with. Love it. Yeah. I would never have guessed you would say that. And I don't like the ocean, so I don't scuba dive, none of that. But if they're in a rectangle and they're right there and you can look at them, mm-hmm. right. If it's an art piece. What do you got coming up with No Commission? Oh, man, we're going we're gonna to go to Berlin. So we have No Commissions Berlin, June 29th to the 1st, and it's going to be legendary. You know, took over a power plant, and oh. we're going to power the people through the power plant this time. Damn. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Swiss Beats. Thank you for having me. That was Swizz Beats, hip-hop producer, art collector, and you heard it here first, exotic fish enthusiast. Find out more about No Commission, including that Berlin show he was just talking about, at thedean-collection.com. And that's our show. Fan Club is a V by Viacom and Pineapple Studios production. The executive producer is the inimitable Brooke DeVard. Brooke, what are you a fan of? I'm a fan of podcasts. 
And Brooke, you have your own podcast, which is better than this one. What's it called? The Naked Beauty Podcast. All right, everybody go check it out. Coming up on the next fan club, it's my two favorite passions. What I'm a fan of, poetry and, of course, mixed martial arts. It makes sense, right? Trust. Thanks for listening.